Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Hey, everyone. We just want to let you know that we finally got the T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to go out there and be the coolest kid in your town, uh, go to the last podcast on the left page on Cave Comedy Radio. CaveComedyRadio.com slash last podcast on the left. Click on the link, and uh, it'll take you right to the page that you need. And there's a, there's an image of the uh, shirt there. And uh, I will say they are beautiful because Henry's face, Marcus's face, and my face are on there. So uh, you'll be representing a good crew of people. Yep, you get one with a $25 donation uh, or more. And if you're international, it's $40 or more. Uh, so, yeah, go to the site, capecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left. And, uh, yeah, get your fucking shirts, man. Let's start the show. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. It's L.A. True Crime. <laughs> We've sent our own Hong Kong Henry Zabrowski out to Los Angeles to shoot a sitcom for NBC. Nay, to do some <laughs> investigation to put him to work for the last podcast on the left. So Henry's been driving around Los Angeles, I'm sure terrifying everybody <laughs> that he drives past because he's uh, talking to himself. <laughs> And going to some of the haunts that we've previously discussed here on the show. Marcus, what's the first place that Henry goes to? Let's let's start. Let's let's uh Paint the picture for our listeners' brains. Well, the first place that he goes to is the Cecil Hotel, which is... Now, why do do I know the Cecil Hotel? You know the Cecil Hotel? We covered this a little bit in our Richard Ramirez episode. Right. Uh, Richard Ramirez stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, Another serial killer that stayed there during his crime spree was a guy named Jack Unterweger. Unterweger. (laughs) Weger. Unterweger? Unterweger. Ooh. Yes, he uh, lived in the hotel in 1991. He was a journalist that was covering true crime in Los Angeles. He was an Austrian dude, uh, and the police believed that he was living at the Cecil Hotel in homage to Ramirez, and he killed three prostitutes in Los Angeles while he was staying there. Well, sometimes you take your job a little too seriously. (laughs) Sometimes you get lost in it. Yeah, the Cecil Hotel, it's the opposite of um, the Hyatt, (laughs) where they're like, We've had presidents and senators and congressmen stay here. There was all kinds of terrible shit that happened there, too. In the 50s and 60s, it was a popular suicide spot. Uh, there was a woman. I in love the, that. Uh, po- <laughs> I love that. It's like if you want to commit suicide, theoretically, you have no friends, and you're like, mm, I'm so unpopular. I'm going to go to the most popular suicide spot around, and I'm going to show them. It's a very L.A. thing to have a popular suicide spot. Yeah, yeah Here yeah. in New York City, it's just people climb up to whatever building's nearest to them, but in L.A., yeah. they got to be in. They got to go to the place where all the big people have done it. This seems to be more of the place where the down and out do it. 
Always die a poser. <laughs> if you kill yourself at a popular suicide spot, that's pathetic. In the 50s, Helen Gurney jumped off of the seventh floor window, landing on the Cecil Hotel marquee. Uh, cool. Jul- G- yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julia Moore jumped from the eighth floor in 1962. Uh, Pauline Oten, 27, jumped from the ninth floor after an argument with her estranged husband. Hmm. Uh, and she landed on a man named George Giannini, uh, who was walking on the sidewalk and both were killed instantly. You know what, uh, Giannini? You know what he sounded like? Is his last word? What that? Fuck! <laughs> it's a real creepypasta. Very. <laughs> it was also a very brutal murder. This guy named Pigeon Goldie uh, Osgood. No, what was his birth name? Pigeon or Goldie? <laughs> Pigeon Goldie was his nickname. Oh, okay. They called him Pigeon Goldie because he was known to protect and feed pigeons in a nearby park. Oh, all yeah, right. He was a te- retired telephone operator. He had been, uh, when they found him dead in his hotel room, he had been stabbed, strangled, and raped. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. For a 65-year-old man. All that done by pigeons, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they they uh, never uh, well, solved any of the cases. Never at all. Judging by the dookie stains and feathers, I would say the pigeons did it. <laughs> <laughs> and there is... <laughs> <laughs> Round them up. Round up every pigeon in Los Angeles. Uh, and there is some people who say that there's a paranormal aspect to all of this, mm. that all of these people were possibly possessed, but we'll get into that later when we talk about Elisa Lamb. Great. All right. Well, let's join Henry on his uh, on his uh, mysterious voyage to the Cecil Hotel. Yes. Uh, you wreck my hat? That's so funny. I flip it over, and it becomes a boo. It's true. The government would not let me have a boo. Uh, oh, shit. So I'm sorry, this is Hong Kong Henry Zabrowski on the streets of Glendale, California, and I had to stop being Hong Kong Henry Zabrowski because there are Asians here. I understand it is offensive. My 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 whole demeanor can be offensive. Yes, yeah, so you hear that? It's Frank Sinatra blaring in the background or something. D. Martin? I don't know. I'm out here at the Americana, just the blazing jewel of Glendale, California, about to dive into some of the true crime of Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles, as you've all heard me say over and over again, this place is a city of broken fucking dreams. You know, I guess an angel must get one feather of its wings every time there's a pile of headshots smeared with actresses' tears. This place is, it's broken. People are, the people are weird um, and quiet. Everybody goes to bed at 10 p.m. You know, I'm up rattling around drinking by myself, smoking weed. New Jonestown documentary is very good. These are all things I've learned here in Glendale. Um, Today I'm going to see some of the more notorious spots for true crime in this weird fucking city. As we know, like, basically a lot of murderers had to happen to keep this city going. It's a city that doesn't belong here. They have to pump in the water. We're running out of water. You ever saw that? They show pictures of rivers right outside the city, and, and there's just streams now. There's, there's no water here. It's a hard place to live. And so people get involved in things that are a little uh, above their heads, and they get themselves in trouble. Or they become a uh, stickly thin Latin American fucking monster who's addicted to candy like Richard Ramirez. I'm going down to Skid Row. 
to check out Richard Ramirez's old, old hotel, the Hotel Cecil. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Heard tell of stories about Skid Row. It's very intense down there. It's like the Skid Row from Little Shop of Horse, which is going to be very interesting. And I'm also going to see the spot where Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was laid to rest. Um, I've already done it, so why, why even pretend that I haven't done it? What I will say is it is very normal neighborhood, and they do not enjoy it when you go out and lay down on the lawn and pretend to be Elizabeth Short. So currently I'm driving down towards Skid Row, an area of Los Angeles that's known as being incredibly dangerous, and I will say this as a fact, it looks fucking dangerous. There is nobody on the street. I am driving around looking for the Cecil Hotel, which has been recently renamed the uh, place on Main because of the incident that happened to Lisa Lam. It's been reported on the podcast several times. Chinese woman, it was Canadian, came to LA to visit, went missing and was found in the water tank. Uh, And people drank and showered with dead woman water for, I think they said something like nine days. There's also the residence of Richard Ramirez during the height of his crime spree. Uh, you know, when we were talking about him walking the streets eating candy, I'm on these streets right now, um, and they are not fucking friendly. There is nobody here. The whole, this is a different Los Angeles than I know, um, which is the dumb Los Angeles. Uh, so I am, I am still looking for it. It's technically closed. So I'm going to see if I can find it now. So stop it there real quick, Marcus. He mentions Elisa Lamb. Uh, explain this story a little bit. It was, it was a national story, but it was huge. It's it was fascinating stuff. Worldwide story. Yeah. Uh, Elisa Lamb, uh, she was a 21-year-old Canadian tourist, mm. uh, and she was staying at the Cecil Hotel, and for 19 days, hotel go- guests, they bathed, they brushed right. their teeth, they drank the water of this hotel, right. not knowing the entire time that there was a woman, Elisa Lam herself, hmm. decomposing in a water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel. They huh. said that the water had a funny, sweet, disgusting taste. Now, Elisa huh. Lam somehow made it up to the roof of the hotel. Right. She got through a locked door somehow, yeah. got to a uh, one of the water tanks up on the... Uh, up on the roof, mm-hmm. opened up the water tank, which was actually unlocked, got inside, and drowned. Is it possible she thought it was the hotel pool? <laughs> well, what they said is Does that- the Cecil Hotel, Cecil Hotel have a pool, by the way? God, no. All right. No, of course not. They have like a sand pit. Well, now, you're going to jump in the tar pit if you want to get all cleaned up. But they, uh, they found this woman in there, uh, and- the creepiest thing, not necessarily, I mean, of course, the circumstances surrounding it, finding a woman dead in a water tank is going to be creepy. Oh, but yeah. The creepiest thing was surveillance footage that was released of Elisa Lam in the Cecil Hotel's elevator right before she died. Yeah, now explain this. This uh, very odd. She was speaking with herself or she was speaking with an unknown 
entity. It is terrifying to watch. You see this girl in the elevator, and first you see her pushing all the buttons, all the elevator buttons. She was a jokester. That's a practical (laughs) joke on her part. And then you see her, possibly she hears something outside of the elevator doors. And by the way, this entire time, the elevator doors don't close at any point in this uh, interaction do the elevator doors close. So she's frantically pushing the the buttons to to close the door, theoretically. Frantically pushing the buttons. And you see her look out, uh, like hiding up against the wall uh, of the hotel. She hears something, hides up against the wall, looks Mm -hmm. out, hides again, walks out of the elevator doors, and you see her making these strange hand gestures, like very, like the kind that you see in, you know, cases of possession. Right. You see her wrists are twisting around. Her fingers are moving in an inhuman way. Hmm. And here's what I found. I found a YouTube video that claims, and it's a very legit claim. If you look at the, because it's a security camera, so you can see the timestamps at the bottom. Yeah. The officially, the official released video for some reason is slowed down by half and this video this youtube video shows the uh video actually played in real time and then right next to it it shows elisa right next to it it shows the slowed down one and the one that is in real time Mm. is infinitely creepier because you see her it's so much more frantic She's moving back and forth, and the uh, hand gestures that she does, the mm. supposedly possessed hand gestures, are bone-chilling. Like, and at no point did they arrest anybody or uh, find any suspects? It took months for the L.A. coroner's office to uh, rule her death a suicide, and it took even longer for them to say that she had no drugs in her system, because that's what a lot of people said after they right. saw the video. They said that, okay, obviously she's on drugs, mm. obviously, you know, that's she went up to the roof, you know, she was all fucked up on something and that's why she got into the cooler but after months and months of waiting finally the LA coroner's office said it was an accidental death there were no drugs in her system Hmm. uh, and they just ruled it a, a death by misadventure and what an adventure it was. <laughs> there had to be somebody in that hotel who loved the water. <laughs> you know, who was just no. like, I've never had anything like this. Oh, my God. I'm uh, staying here forever. It's perfect. It sort of tastes like foot disease mixed with Canadian bacon. <laughs> All right, let's get back to uh, Henry Zabrowski, still in the Cecil Hotel. You know, I will give hipsters this. I turn one corner on Skid Row, and they have turned this whole neighborhood into a hipster little paradise. It's kind of incredible. It's look at this. The Hotel Sissel, Sissel Hotel, sits in what I guess is a little sweet spot of uh, of white people making things, uh, making things sort of mediocre but fancy. Uh, it's kind of incredible because as I was coming up, basically no one was on the streets. The first person I saw. Uh, was a man in a jester hat beating a shopping cart with a baseball bat. So I was like, ah, oh, fun, good. Have I chosen the right outfit to be walking Skid Row? I'm wearing pink shorts because my other shorts, I, I literally uh, got covered in taco meat last night. I was a little drunk. I spilled tacos all over myself, so I put on, I have fun shorts. So I put my fun shorts on, and I got a shirt with a lizard on it. And I was like, I am gonna, I'm gonna get raped. 
right here. Um, I'm gonna see if they let me go inside of this hotel. Now, again, to set the scene, this is a place that is notorious. They have put a sign in front of it now that's now called Stay on Main, not Place on Main. It's called Stay on Main and just put up a, a plastic Kinko sign above the Cessa Hotel sign that used to be there. Um, I guess they did this in direct reaction to what happened with Elisa Lamb last year. Um, many different true crime stories emanate from this hotel. Uh, Richard, again, Richard Ramirez lived here. This was his base of operations. Uh, I would like to go around and find out what other bars he's been to, but I'm certain that if I start asking questions about Richard Ramirez, I'm not going to get any good responses. Very mysterious. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, when the hipsters came for Bed-Stuy, we said nothing. I live in Bed-Stuy. When the hipsters came for Williamsburg, we said nothing. But when the hipsters came for the Cecil Hotel, we should have said something. That's pathetic. That's a Ramirez kill zone. That's a Ramirez home. That's a shrine. They're putting Connecticut muffins on the corner. Starbucks on every turn. It ain't right, Marcus. It is not. And we covered Richard Ramirez extensively in a two-parter. I do want to say this about Henry Zabrowski. He is dedicated to his craft. Very much so. Undercover Henry Zabrowski, <laughs> pink shorts, lizard t-shirt. He would have fit right in if he wasn't so damn weird. <laughs> well, Richard Ramirez, to give you guys a very quick overview, uh, he was uh, known as the Night Stalker, terrorized Los Angeles. Terrible uh, stink breath. Terrible stink breath. Smelled like wet leather. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Better than dirt. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I still disagree. <laughs> Everyone, you can tell me that you like dirt until the sun goes down, until the moon burns out. It don't make it smell good, I'll tell you that. Makes it smell wonderful. Uh, but he uh, terrorized San Francisco from June in 84 until uh, August of 85. He was terrifying because he had no real target. He didn't specify right. a specific age group or a gender or a sexual orientation or anything like that. He just wanted to run. Yeah. He was like the Forrest <laughs> Gump of serial killers. No, I just wanted to run. It was all extremely random, which made it extremely difficult for the police uh, to get a hold of him to actually capture him. But this is one of the few times when good police work actually captured a serial Killer. It was like trying to grab and wrestle, wrestle with wet leather. And it was <laughs> terrifying. So what I found, this is something that we didn't get to cover in uh, the Richard Ramirez episode. It's yes. something that I really wanted to, but we just didn't get to it. Uh, we ran out of time for it. But I found a questionnaire that Richard Ramirez uh, filled out for a magazine called Answer Me. So this would be like his OK Cupid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, but you know what? Richard's <laughs> looking for love. This is his matched up. <laughs> or Christian Mingle. <laughs> Richard Ramirez on ChristianMingle.com. Well, this is the questionnaire that he answered in Answer Me Issue 4. He did this uh, from prison. So they really, Issue 4. Issue 4, yeah. The magazine really had some courage here. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, I don't know if we're going to make it. We better get that Ramirez interview real quick. <laughs> I think it seems like he wasn't that hard to get a hold of when he was alive. Yeah. He loved talking to people. He, he did. A, I wouldn't say he was a people person, mm -mm. but he loved talking. <laughs> but he did like talking. He loved talking to him. Uh, all right, here's uh, here's the questionnaire. Favorite sports? Okay, can I guess? Sure. Softball, bowling, pinball. <laughs> Rugby, football, boxing. Tough guy. <laughs> this is my kind of guy. Favorite music? 
Heavy metal. Oh, we knew that. Yeah, he, we knew he loved ACDC. We knew he loved Judas Priest, all that sorts of shit. I wonder if he knew that Judas Priest, uh, what's the name of the uh, head guy there? Uh, Rob head, Halford. Yeah, I wonder if he knew that he was gay at the time. <laughs> I doubt he did. Yeah. I, I don't know if he cared. Didn't seem like Ramirez was homophobic. You know who also uh, smelt like wet leather after a concert? Rob Halford. That's right. Says <laughs> favorite actress, Samantha Strong. Who is that? Porno actress. Well, I mean, <laughs> all right, all right. She won the 1988 Avian Award for Best New Starlet, and Aww. she's inducted into the Avian Hall of Fame. Well, isn't that something nice? Yeah, very nice. Favorite vacation spot, and this is in all caps, Uranus. Clever, Richard. <laughs> oh, I think it's actually true, though. Yeah, I think <laughs> if you could hang out in Uranus or anyone's anus for a uh, for a for a long period of time, he would be totally relaxed. <laughs> Favorite food: women's feet. All right, all right. I, I can't disagree with that. Everyone likes to. Uh, Rex Ryan, the coach of the New, uh, New York Jets, would agree with him. Favorite color? Red. Naturally. And this is when he starts getting into, because we all know that Richard Ramirez is very much a case of arrested development. He never quite got out of the teenage years. All you have to do is go online, check out his YouTube uh, interviews, and right. you just you see the psyche of a 14-year-old boy. I'll tell you that show, that television show with uh, Portia de Rossi, David Cross, and... Uh, oh, arrested Ray Development. Yeah, Arrested Development. That would have been a hell of a lot different if it was... <laughs> Uh, more about uh, what true arrested development looks like, which is Richard Ramirez. Yeah, pastimes and hobbies, traveling and measuring coffins. And uh, he never measured a coffin. <laughs> what was the Ramirez never measured a coffin? He's no. just making this up. Biggest like cocaine. Well, all biggest right. dislike hypocrites and authority. This might be Gene Simmons, as a matter of fact, <laughs> filling out this questionnaire. Make a wish to have my finger on a nuclear trigger device. I would love it. What do you look for in a girl? Nice ass. Good legs. Her death? Her not breathing? <laughs> Perfect way to spend a date. Moonlit night drinking rum at a cemetery. He was so close with moonlit right, moonlit <laughs> uh, night in cemetery, but then the rum. Rum's Gotta bad. Gotta go wine. Oh, wine? I used to drink whiskey in the cemetery. Well, I'm saying if it's a date, Marcus. I used to drink whiskey in the cemetery. With a lady? Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. I got some stinky finger there in high school. Stinky finger. <laughs> Take it easy. What's wrong with you? Describe yourself. Asshole and proud of it. I agree with that. <laughs> Motto, live each day like it's your last. I feel like he just got all of his sayings off of bumper stickers, <laughs> like off a of beat up old uh, Chevy Chevy sedan bumper stickers. Except for this one, if you like a girl, how do you get a girl to notice you? I pull out my gun. It, I'm not going to say it's not an effective way to get somebody to notice you. It's not a good way to have them fall in love with you. <laughs> they will notice you. Yes. Yes. How has your life changed as a result of your success? Privacy is a thing of the past. You're in prison. <laughs> yes. And was he in general population? Uh, I don't know, actually. Stinking I mean, up I'm, the whole place. I mean, I'm sure he was in some sort of supermax facility. Well, I, I would imagine, but I would assume with uh, such high, uh, high celebrity status, he would have to be in solitary. It's quite possible. Huh. Uh, and finally, what's your message to your fans? Keep your spirit strong. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real Dr. Phil type. <laughs> That's Answer Me Magazine. Right? Mm -hmm. Answer Me Magazine. I wonder what ever happened to it. Uh, imagine that zine didn't last too long. No. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. 
Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, all right, so we're going to pick up with Henry now. Mm-hmm. Still on Skid Row. Still on Skid Row, and keep in mind once again, Lizard shirt mm-hmm. and pink shorts, <laughs> and still in the Cecil Hotel. Still in the Cecil Hotel. LA's full of ghosts. There's there's stuff and there's stuff in this this shitty city. I don't know what's going on here um, between the birds and the raccoons. Um, and a nude woman just walked past me. Like legitimately, a nude woman just walked past the car that I'm sitting in. I I don't know if I love it or I hate it. You know. I'm pretty torn. Let me see if I can get any closer. So I couldn't get into the actual rooms. Uh, I started going towards the elevators and I was stopped and told them I was meeting a friend there uh, in the lobby. Uh, and that was fine. So they said I could sit in the lobby. So I just pretended to text and took a bunch of pictures. Now, uh, it's, it's shady as fuck. They don't, uh, there's a lot of homeless people in there, but it's kind of all kind of painted up to look like uh, like it's all renovated, but it's absolutely not. It also smells like someone took a fresh shit in the lobby. Um, 
and someone tried to pour a bunch of antiseptic on top of it. Um, it smelled pretty gross in there. A lot of a lot of foreign tourists in there. Um, have no idea, obviously, of the history of the place. Um, took a picture of the elevator, released the lamp stayed. Uh, it's, you know, it's fun. I'd stay there. I'd give it a shot, you know. But yeah, Richard Ramirez walked the streets, and now I'm walking around the corner. Uh, and uh, it's gross out here. Yeah, this is a bad. This is this is not a good neighborhood. Uh, maybe it could be good. It'll be good in like ten years once it's fully co-opted by white people. But this place is. It's intense. You can see how Richard, uh, you fit in here. I'm walking around here, all skinny. I'm seeing three guys looking pretty Ramirez-y myself. And I'm not being racist. I'm just saying skinny, bad teeth. Um, there's a good suit store over here. That could have helped Richard. Maybe he would find a job. He could have straightened his life out. Um, it's beautiful in Los Angeles. It's amazing how, even though it's beautiful, you could still feel exact... Exactly how much of a piece of shit this whole fucking neighborhood is. Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm in a I'm in a bad area and I gotta stop talking on my phone. There's a man staring at me across the street with a Captain American shirt on. So alright. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah, get out of there, Henry. Uh, I'll tell you this the uh, the streets of Skid Row, there's gonna be a pig roast tonight if Zabrowski <laughs> hangs around. Homeless men are gonna eat like kings. They're gonna eat like King Ralph in that great John Goodman film, King Ralph. <laughs> I love the fact that Henry was walking through the Cecil. Is it Cecil or Cecil? I mean, I think it's up to you. Inter you know what I'm calling it? Cecil Cecil. <laughs> walking Cecil Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Cecil Hotel, he's walking through the hotel. And he describes homeless individuals being there, uh, the overwhelming stench of uh, dookie on the floor that seemed to be covered up with Lysol and some Febreze, Febreze perhaps. But you know who? Uh, you know who uh, is the only person that got that got kicked out? Who? Henry Zabrowski. How is that possible? <laughs> the place smells like an outhouse. It's full of homeless individuals, and Henry's the only one that gets kicked out of there. What's he doing? <laughs> I feel like he's a pretty obvious detective, <laughs> taking oh, pictures and things with the pink shorts and the lizard shirt. Good God, Henry. When we send you undercover, blend in. Yeah, that's the first Put rule some, of surveillance. Exactly. Put some mud on your face. Maybe uh, <laughs> drip a little pee in the pants. Maybe don't do it so... Uh, maybe don't take the, the proper pee next time you go. Yeah. Cut it off 90% the way through and leave that extra 10% in your pants for authenticity. Yes. But Skid Row, Henry was describing uh, its danger, and it truly is dangerous. Marcus, you got a couple of statistics that prove that. This uh, Skid Row is in downtown Los Angeles, a relatively small area, mm -hmm. but uh, in how, Los... What do you think? Is it like three blocks, four blocks? Oh, man, I don't exactly okay. know exactly how big it is. But it's a, a fairly small, uh, I mean, relatively small, right. and, you know, in, you know, relative to the rest of Los Angeles, but it's in Los Angeles County, and it accounts for half of the crime, literally 50% of the crime mm. in all of Los Angeles County. It's been home to uh, not only people, uh, serial killers who lived on Skid Row, right. but there was actually a serial killer who operated on Skid Row itself. This, just killing on Skid just Row. Just killing on Skid Row, mm. only killing homeless guys. His name was Bobby Joe Maxwell. He operated for 
from October 1978 to January 1979. He killed 11 homeless men. We got to cover this guy in a later episode because he apparently was a ritual slayer. He was an occultist. So this Hmm. guy actually did bring some of the occult into his crimes. And it seems like L.A. is such a hotbed of Mm. occultist crimes. That's where I think you find the majority of them. Midwest guys, they kill for the sheer pleasure of killing. But Los Angeles guys, they kill for a reason. They kill for a purpose. Seems like Los Angeles guys have more of a motive behind what they're doing. Well, and they also, mission. they like to dress up a little bit more. Wisconsin guys, <laughs> Dahmer killed half those people in his sweatpants. <laughs> you know, he had a shirt on similar to Roseanne mm-hmm. uh, that Roseanne would wear in the show Roseanne. Huh. Now that I look at it, I'm wearing a shirt very similar to the one that Jeffrey Dahmer wore during his trial. Well... All right. <laughs> Take it easy. Don't let the colored shirt fool you. That was given to him by the detective that questioned him. It was, it was actually a gift the detective gave to his son and then went up to his son and said, son, can I have that shirt back that I gave you? <laughs> and then this is the true story. After the trial, Dahmer gave him the shirt back and he, the detective went to his son and he was like, here's your shirt. And the kid was like, you know, dad, you can keep that one because Dahmer wore it, you psychopath. <laughs> so this guy really it was just a full buffet of killing for him. Full buffet, man. Never yep, had he, to leave Skid Row. Yep, That's killed, killed guys like uh, Francisco Perez Rodriguez, Jimmy White Buffalo, uh, had a Native American in there, huh. uh, Frank Lloyd Reed, uh, J.P. Henderson, great homeless guy names. Frank Lloyd Reed? He had to be the <laughs> smartest one. He was the one definitely making, like, uh, garbage bag airplanes, right? <laughs> he was the one that the kids liked. Yeah, absolutely. Cardboard box, mansions, like, you know, you went, you went to Lloyd. No doubt about that. All right. So now we are about to pick up Henry, uh, pick up with Henry. Where is he at? He's actually on the streets of Skid Row right okay, now. Okay, so he's he still wa- there. He's still there, and he is still walking down the streets of Skid Row. Okay, and as you can uh, notice from the audio that Henry's uh, sent in, he's getting winded. <laughs> so let's hope he doesn't get too tired. I got to say the streets of Skid Row really do smell like pee-pee, but it really makes me homesick to be back in New York. So that is nice. The actual, the actual pee smell that sends me back, you know? And speaking of pee smell, I got to pee pretty fucking bad myself, and I, uh, I don't know where I'm going to go because the Hotel Cecil won't let me back inside because they saw me taking pictures. Um, all right. Well, I'm just going to have to... i got to start wearing my last podcast on the left, Adventure Diapers. Straight up walking around Glen Hill right now, I literally... There is, a, there is a raccoon sitting on top of a garbage can. It's the middle of the day. Raccoons are supposed to only come out at night. I'm starting to think I'm getting followed around my animals. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a Dr. Doolittle thing where they think that I can fucking talk to them or they think I'm going to help them. I don't know if people, if these animals think they're reaching out to me to be like, hey, will you come and talk to my... I'm, I'm actually... I'm Muriel Ramirez. Ask me. I'm Muriel Ramirez. Will you please go to my daughter? I know now. I have raccoon dick. But please, will you go to my daughter and tell her the gold is in the vault? It's like, I find you just show me where this fucking vault is and I'll get it for your daughter. And then I go and I pop them in the vault and I get out the gold. And I just, I quit everything. I quit this, I quit acting. And I just go live with, with gold and have a good time. Um, I'm lonely out here. I don't know if you can tell that. I'm up by a highway. 
uh, just walking around looking for crime. Um, I think it's about time I get down to the Hotel Sassel. Well, I think it's about time I get over to the Elizabeth Short. Elizabeth Short. God, I burped. I burped real hard. I gotta go help Elizabeth Short get released to heaven. So for my next location, I'm driving around, of course, what is L.A. synonymous with in true crime, the Black Dahlia murders. We've never really got a chance to cover it on the podcast because there's not much to cover to it. There's, you know, besides one of the most grisly crime scenes ever recorded in true crime history. Elizabeth Short was, of course, found abandoned on a street, cut in half. Her face was scarred into a gruesome smile. The breasts were cut open. Um... Because the guy wasn't a gentleman. Um, and so now I'm driving down to this lovely, what well, it seems to be a very sweet residential neighborhood here in West Los Angeles. Um, very, I mean, it's a bad neighborhood coming into it. Uh, their address is here, 3831 South Norton Avenue. I just took a picture of the exact spot where that body was dumped, which was next to a fire hydrant. Out here, uh, I'm kind of self-conscious to stay because a woman literally was looking out the windows as I stopped to take the picture, and now I have a man who is following me and talking on the phone. That's fine. Where's this fine? I'm not getting followed. I was paranoid. All right, I got all this weed called Charlie Sheen, and it's very strong. Um, it's it's almost too strong. I saw a spider in the house yesterday, and I thought it was a brown recluse. But then I was, someone's like, a brown recluse is really big, but I don't know. How the fuck am I supposed to know? Do I grow up in spiders? Right? Am I, am I some kind of bug scientist? No. No, I'm not! Either way, uh, Elizabeth Short, I'm sure the boys are going to fill in with even more information. Um, uh, but she died a gruesome death, and nobody knows why. I don't believe she was a prostitute, personally. Um, I just think she had dark hair, and that was very upsetting for people at the time. Uh, I'd love to find a place to stop so I could sit and talk, but I don't uh, really know where I'm going. And now, dude, this man is following me. There's a man that's been following me this entire time. Uh, since I left this house and stopped and took a picture, uh, so I think this is, this is getting a little weird, so I think I'm just gonna try and find a way to lose this guy up here in a sea of traffic. Crenshaw Boulevard, making a right. Just to sort of illuminate what happened to me while I was looking for the dumping ground of the Black Dahlia victim, Elizabeth Short. So, so I'm driving down what is this nice residential neighborhood in the middle of West Los Angeles. As I'm driving around, I pull up upon the address where she was dumped, which is 3831 Northrum Drive, over in the middle of this very nice neighborhood, which is like two blocks from an absolutely disgusting neighborhood in Los Angeles. That happens a lot out here. It's like you drive down one block and you're like, oh my god, I scarred you here? And then you go on in the next block and uh, there's a man like fingering himself next to a trash can, which I guess is no different than New York, but it's, it's very surprising because there's fucking palm trees. Well, anyways, and pull up to the address. Now, these people must be very used to 
this happening. Because when I was researching the exact location of the dumping ground, I found all these websites that had people like laying on the grass, like just like laying, going like ah, like uh, acting as if they were Elizabeth Short. And I, I do see how that could be considered disrespectful. But let's just say I was just driving past taking pictures. Kind of like a private investigator, which is what I fancied myself, except for the fact that I was in pink shorts uh, and I was just sucking on iced coffee. But it was nice. It was kind of a little vacation for me. It was. It's a, this is a fun hobby for me to have out here, which is sad. I try to describe it to people, and they're like, "You're, a, you're, are you a murderer yourself? Is this you scoping out places for you to dump bodies?" And I'm just like, "No, I'm, a, I'm a normal man." And people are honking me on the streets because I'm, I'm just because I'm talking. It's, you know, it's not like it's normal. This isn't normal for me to be talking to my phone. Anyways, so I pull up to the side of the road and I'm taking pictures and a man comes running out of the house. This is why I was confused while I was sitting and recording. The man runs in the house. He jumps into his car. He revs it up and he comes up from behind me. Basically, nearly bumps my car. We then proceed to drive around this neighborhood where he is about a foot from me, following me throughout the entire neighborhood, turn after turn after turn, just looking at me. And then until finally we pulled up to a red light and there was a turnoff to a gas station and I just blew through the gas station just sort of, and lost him in traffic. And I was like, you know, it wasn't your family. You know what I mean? Elizabeth Short wasn't your family member. I know you don't like people. I understand. I was taking pictures of your house. You know what I mean? And I'm, and I'm weird. And I literally had a shirt with a, with a reptilian on it. So, you know, I look like a disinfo agent, or I mean, you know, just a true crime tourist, which LA has. Uh, and we're an obnoxious lot. I understand that. But there's no reason to try to kill me. You know, I'm just searching for the truth. Good lord! Mm. All right, what an adventure's ha- uh, what an adventure Henry is having so far. Yeah, and he is at the site of the Black Dahlia murders. Okay. And to give you a little bit of background on Elizabeth Short, the uh, victim herself, yes, uh, apparently in school. And Henry is right; it's a boring case. I don't care what anyone says. Well, it's a single murder, and uh, <laughs> it, well, it's a, the only thing interesting about the Black Dahlia murders is the gruesome crime scene itself. Well, I think it's interesting because she was cut with such precision. You know, yeah. it's very rare. Usually these people are uh, more like a Kissel, Zabrowski, Parks combination <laughs> at a barbecue restaurant, just tearing the, the meat <laughs> off the bones. But this guy, he was uh, he was surgical yeah. about it. She was posed in a very seductive way. Yeah. Her face was slashed so that her smile went from ear to ear, Joker right. style. Right. Uh, but she had the absolute worst part about it, which she would had been cut, as you said, with mm-hmm. surgical precision right in two, right above her waist. Right. Uh, and they're brutal crime scene photos. You can go and check them out. And they said that the official cause of death was hemorrhage and shock due to the concussion of the brain and lacerations of the face, which means that he, she was knocked on the head, she was cut from uh, mouth to ear, mm. uh, and then died, and the cut in half, part was done post-mortem. And the guy who killed her, of course, went on to become a plastic surgeon and he worked on the likes of Bruce <laughs> Jenner and he's worked with Mickey Rourke. He ruins human bodies. Yeah, he does. And Elizabeth Short, she was known in high school as Medford High's Deanna Durbin. Deanna Durbin. <laughs> yes, Medford's High Deanna Durbin. But, you know, but, the, but, the sky... 
it's the limit. The sky is the limit. Uh, this guy isn't the limit, I would say. There's a, a what, what is it? Deanna Da. Who is Deanna Durbin? She was a very popular film and film actress and singer back in uh, Elizabeth Short's day. So popular, in fact, that in her uh, high school autograph book, there were 10 references to the nickname, such as to a friend worth having in Medford High's Deanna Durbin. And another said to the sweetest and cutest double of Deanna Durbin. I mean, when your celebrity uh, lookalike uh, or your celebrity, um, would, would, would people, when it, just, it should always be someone real famous. <laughs> At the time, Deanna Durbin was extremely famous. Medford's high, Deanna Durbin. I can't believe she died. I mean, it would possibly, like, say, like today, it would be Medford High's Catherine Heigl. Uh, In 50 years, no one's going to know who the fuck Catherine Heigl was. 50 years? I don't know who she is now. <laughs> She cried her way out of Hollywood. <laughs> Catherine Heigl. She was in the uh, Knocked Up movies, and then she, yeah, all she yeah, did is yeah. complain about how she got women roles. Terrible I don't know what she woman. wanted. Terrible woman. Yes, terrible. Um, but to continue the story with Elizabeth Short, um, basically she her body was found abandoned. Um, there are several stories leading up to what her what she was doing in Los Angeles and what she was doing leading up to her eventual murder. Uh, basically, what you find out is that she was an aspiring actress, cocktail waitress, may have had some relations with several different men. Um, we do know that when... Um, she was found. I mean, of course, there's many different uh, suspects involved, but you know that we know that you know they her purse and ID ID was mailed to the police station uh, not a couple days after her murder. Um, there is some pretty staunch evidence now that it was this doctor. Uh, I, I, a woman came out and wrote a book, basically saying that her father was the murderer. Um, and I guess just learn this lesson and just didn't do it again. So good for him. Good for him. He did good then. Right? That's nice. It's nice to see that people can learn. Yeah, so her life was, was horrible. And she's dead. And that's very sad. I uh, wish there was more to it. Except for the fact that I imagine people get pretty upset when you start taking pictures in front of their house. I'll put those pictures up on the Facebook page. I only really got one before that dude started hounding me. Very interesting. Get your blood up. It's nice to be chased down the street. I feel like I'm finally doing some real satanic work here. You know? Still gotta pee. Oh my god, do I have to piss. I'm making my way back. And so, so what I'm gonna say here is this. You guys start giving me suggestions of where I should go in Los Angeles. I want to do more of these. This is a lot of fun for me. Um, uh, it allows me to see some more of the city. Uh, I also want to hear some weird shit. I may go up and check out Rob Zombie's Halloween Land up in Burbank. It's supposed to be incredible, but I may just do that for myself. Also, if anybody's got any psychics, people who live in the Los Angeles area who wants to recommend me any psychics or past life regressionists or any people I'd like to see and get to know in this fucking town of sin and bitchery, um, that would be amazing. Send me on an adventure. I have days off. It's not a hard job I'm doing right now in A to Z, but it's a lot of fun. You guys can check it out. Thursday, it's October 2nd, 9.30 on NBC. I'm just going to keep fucking plugging it because it's technically my job. All right, dudes and dudettes, I will see you in hell.
Hail Satan. Hail me! I'll tell you, that was a real, uh... Uncle Jesse closing there. Dudes and dudettes. <laughs> what are you thinking, Henry? Dudes and dudettes. Uh, that was great, though. Uh, what a, a wonderful journey that we just went on through Skid Row, Cecil Hotel, all ending with the Black Dahlia. Thank you um, for listening to that, and I hope you guys learned a little bit about the dangers of Los Angeles. You don't just go in there and failing as an actor is the best thing that could happen. The worst thing is you get addicted to drugs, become homeless, hang out on Skid Row, and get murdered. <laughs> the great journey. Um, all right, everyone, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we have the live show coming up here on August 30th at 10 p.m. right here on the Creek in the Cave. That is this Saturday in a couple of days. So come on out to that. Uh, it's always a great time. We show disturbing videos and we laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, this week we've got Ed Larson from the brighter side and the round table of gentlemen right. sitting in for Henry. So it's going to be one hell of a time. It's going to be fucking great. That's right. The seat thought it was going to get a break this month, but we got one fatter <laughs> for you, seat. <laughs> Creek in the Cave, 1093 Jackson Avenue, uh, 10 p.m. August 30th. And let's uh, hope to see you all there. That's right. And that is, of course, is Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. That's Henry Loves You on Twitter. Uh, all right, Magoostalations. Hal Gein. And of course, hail yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.